0: Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Interesting. I like it. I didn't see this part. And Jay Newcastle.
1: Well, she is a California blonde, and so some things don't change.
0: Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.
1: Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay.
0: And I'm Brian. And we're
1: here to talk about Season 6, Episode 11, Gone, written by David. I'll show you gone, baby, gone fury. Buffy and Dawn clear the house of magic items in order to help Willow overcome her magic addiction. Buffy gets a surprise visit from a social worker checking on Dawn's home life. And the meeting doesn't go well, and in a fit of rage afterward, Buffy cuts off all of her hair. Meanwhile, the geek trio have a built an invisibility ray to go along with their freeze ray using that stolen diamond and, of course, in as things go down, they hit Buffy with it. The Slayer takes advantage of her new situation by paying Spike a visit for a little invisible freaky neeky, and then messing with people, including the social worker, trying to turn tables her way. Willow really trying to stay away from magic, but Xander confronts her about you know the invisible Buffy, assuming that she's the one that cast the invisibility spell, which makes her even more upset. The trio realize that the invisible objects are rapidly breaking down structurally and they kidnap Willow to force Buffy into the open. Uh, Buffy and the geeks have an invisible fight in an arcade until Willow returns them to normal by reversing the polarity on the ray or some nonsense. And Buffy finally discovers who they are before they make a hasty escape. And in a final scene, Buffy and Willow bemoan the mistakes they're making in their lives as they sit on the curb next to the sewer where this show is currently dragging itself down into, in my opinion. And that is the plot summary for Gone. I want to say this, David Fury. I like David David Fury episodes. I generally really go for them, but this one really just doesn't sit with me. I I think I've made my disdain (laughs) clear offline to you, Brian and humorous rants. I've just done it now. (laughs) I hate everything about this. Everything.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't hold the disdain that you do for this episode, so uh, I guess... I'll
1: tell you what, instead of me complaining for 30 minutes about everything I (laughs) don't like about it, why don't you try to convince me that it's better than, I think. Present to me what you saw, what you liked, and then
0: I'll (laughs) give you my counter. How about that? Well, my goal is not to convince you to like the episode, because that's not going to happen.
1: No, we've we've done enough (laughs) of these to know that now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll tell you what I I, I thought was okay here. So, I really like the fact that they cleaned up the house of the magic items, and I like that Dawn was wondering why everything had to change, because she is, what, Mm -hmm. 16 at this point? So she doesn't quite understand that. That, you know, when addicts are addicts, you can't have beer in the house. You can't have exactly. drugs around and things that might remind them to go out and do these things. So I like that whole, whole setup with that and getting things going and Willow really trying to hold back. I thought it was done very well with her when she was doing the, um, the, uh, research in the, uh, what is it? The magic shop with all the books and everything around her. And mm-hmm. she held back on magic, even though she was tempted to use it a few times. And then one time where she almost used magic, Xander came in and stopped her. So that was good to see that she's still struggling, but is really doing her best to make the right decisions. So I like that part of it. Um, The social worker scene. Uh, where she comes to the house and, and basically, uh, Spike turns on Buffy and not says all the wrong things. And so basically the social worker is pretty much telling her she's taking Dawn away. I thought that was kind of a fun scene and humorous. I didn't mind that at all. Um, and then we see the part that you disdain most of all, which is the invisibility ray. And honestly didn't bother me too much. I thought it was kind of funny to see the geeky trio accidentally hit Buffy by just fighting over who gets to shoot the invisibility Ray. And honestly, didn't mind the whole Buffy thing there because in the end, Buffy finally realizes that she wants to be around because she has the if she doesn't get zapped back, she's going to die. She chooses the to get zap back because she wants to be around. So I liked all that stuff.
1: Okay. I want to jump in on the first thing, I'll agree with you about the cleaning out of the house. Though the whole like candles are just like bongs. I was like, okay, let's not like <laughs> to me to me, like, that's the wrong drug to equate this to. Okay. And I'm not gonna sit out here and get on, you know, the free weed, you know, soapbox. I'm not in that kind of thing necessarily but i'm just saying i was like i don't think that's the type of drug issue we were dealing with here we needed i, they, I liked better like the mask thing or the statue thing like that was mom's you know like mm-hmm. no it's too much like you know other things and that that to me played a little bit better but i did think that was cute and particularly the way that that will that <laughs> that uh i keep wanting to call her madeline where does this come from yeah. <laughs> that dawn plays it too is you know, she doesn't totally understand. She does, but she doesn't. And again, you know, I'll say this. I know we've said it before, but I'm and one thing I've really enjoyed on, particularly going back to seasons five and six here, are how much better I like the Dawn character than I remembered. I always mm-hmm. remember this bratty, annoying little kid, and maybe it was just because I was in my twenties and all kids were that way at that point. That now I'm like, yeah, that's the you know, that's actually pretty good acting. She's pretty good. Michelle Trachtenberg is is fun to watch. Particularly Particularly in this role, and I think for a character that's not given a lot to do this year. I mean, the whole season last season was pretty much about her anyway. She's kind of a side character now. She's pretty pretty fun to play in this little sandbox so far. So I'm I'm cool with that. And I liked how the I liked the way that Willow had to you know physically fight herself to not use magic from time mm-hmm. to time. I and mean, it mm-hmm. was strides, and it gave me hope that like yeah, she's going to be able to do it. You know, I mean, we've we've seen nothing up to this point to make us believe that she could do it right right and this is the one time we see it and because this is the middle episode of the season i remember distinctly thinking to myself when this was on in its first run that like wow they're gonna resolve that kind of fast you know of course little do i know where it was no, going uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah 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 I, I, I you know but that's what i thought but i did enjoy those things but mm. where i'm going to diverge with you my friend <laughs> is this invisibility ray <laughs> business. Okay? I I didn't go for the freeze gun. I haven't really gone for the nerds anyway. I would go with the fact that these nerds like if they would if they're just supposed to be comic relief. If that's really what they're supposed to be. That w- they would try to build these kind of things and it would horribly backfire. Like there's no possible way it would work. You know, like that would have been funny and slapsticky and comedy. The fact that they're actually able to be evil geniuses from the Justice League all of a sudden just with no yeah. explanation is really, really hard for me to swallow.
0: Okay, but they, it still is backfiring on them, right? They're not out there to make Buffy invisible. Their right. goal is to make themselves invisible so they can commit more crimes right they just keep running into Buffy at awkward times it's their goal has never been to destroy Buffy although maybe Warren's is but the other guy's not their goal is to wreak havoc on Sunnydale and take over right so they're trying all these things it just so happens that Buffy keeps getting in the way at the wrong time right so the only time they ever actually went after Buffy was the time where they tried to make her do all these weird things right where they were racking up points in their little game otherwise she's just in the wrong place at the wrong time so they are doing things wrong they may have the genius to put this together we see that they do but they don't know they can't get over the fact of who's going to use it and when and why and they keep fighting over things and screwing up so they are doing it in the sense of what you thought but- they should be doing but they're yeah but they're so bumbling
1: but then they actually get what they want they're actually able to rob the bank they're able to get the rate of work they do this that and the other like they're having Mm -hmm. success at their evil genius plot stuff that I'm just like I don't even see why that needs to even be happening we've got enough drama but just between the personal demons everybody's wrestling with here Mm -hmm. and the group to the, that having those guys out there and the way it's revealed on here is that they're trying to play it up like we are your nemesis, you know, and all this stuff like we're going to be the thing you have to deal with. And I love, you know, the reaction Buffy gives. It's like, "You guys?" <laughs> and and right. I'm the same way. I'm like, "Really? Like this is this is kind of cuz mid-season the Buffy formula is usually when the the thing reveals, you know, it's when we know the big moment, right? That's happened a lot on this show. And I guess I'm conditioned to sort of want that again. And I'm supposed to believe that, but I know better. I'm like, there's no way these three boobs are (laughs) going to be the, the, you know, the, the arch nemesis of Buffy, the vampire slayer. (laughs) <laughs> like, and they're, the not, right? they're, they're, no, they're, they're not right. No, they're not. But at this time on the show, you know, the way we do this that's the way they're trying is, to put it up. Exactly. Sure. I'm not buying that. I I just am like, no, this is no, <laughs> this is not what I want. This is not what I want when you try to present these ideas. And mm. let's just get a little meta here. You know, the whole bit here is about the the growing up you have to do in your young adulthood, right? That's what the season is. You know, and I who are these people? We've already said that these could be the kind of annoyances of, like, the friends that don't want to grow up and don't grow up kind of thing while you're being forced to. You know, that's, again, it's comic relief. Mm -hmm. But it's not someone you can pit yourself against, particularly – In a showdown of supernatural ability. That's what. No. right, Right. Plus, it's just too easy to explain that like they can do all this crap because they're smart and they've dabbled enough in magic to sort of know what they're doing. Andrew's brother made some hellhounds and Jonathan made everybody think he was Tom Cruise for one week. I mean, you know that. I don't know. I just have a hard time putting the varnish on that and being like, okay, you know, like it just it just doesn't play right.
0: I don't know. It it's not bugging me as much as it's bugging you. I guess I I would say um I to me they're using their brains to do all this stuff. They're not using much magic of any at all unless they absolutely have to. They know of magic and they know of what goes on in Sunnydale and that's the extent I see them using that but everything else is using their brain to do things that nobody thought maybe it was possible right using a big freaking diamond to make a invisibility invis- ray. who would have thought right well these guys did
1: well, well they you know it's and they dumb, thought it, they thought fine. it because of all the things that that infuse them as characters they're geeks they're like the the mm-hmm. tropey you know comic-con style geek you know somebody like us who's so into a show that you go beyond to show your fandom we've produced how many hundreds of episodes Episodes now of this yeah. podcast, you know. I mean, people that that really get into stuff so much that well, wouldn't it be cool if you could make all that happen? And yeah. that's kind of the way Buffy plays this sort of moment of irresponsibility or or the get out of jail free card she gets here by going invisible, is that. I'm going to, you know, go screw with this social worker lady and I'm going to go screw with Spike and I'm pretty much just going to do whatever my base desires and what I would want to do if
0: I could be invisible.
1: You right. know, th- let me throw you that, Brian. Like if you could be invisible for a day, what would you do?
0: You know? Psh, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> I yeah, what I don't know what I would do. Not uh not go rape someone.
1: Um yeah, I would not go make love to a dead vampire. Um, I would probably not (laughs) pester people at their work. Place. Well, I, I know, might ma- do something ma- like that. I mean, I might, that might be I might, fun. That might be fun. I, I guess I could buy that. That was somebody you were supposed to root against. The poor woman doing her job. And well, let's face it, you know she's not wrong. Buffy's pretty much a terrible mother. So I mean, that's, that's what Spike says is not untrue <laughs> right. in, in this episode. So he's, you know, uh, for all I can hate him for, it's not because he lied to the social worker so much. <laughs> it's that he bothered oh, yeah. to tell her that and that it's another headache for Buffy. But this is. Uh, the thing that Buffy's supposed to come to by the end of this, and I do see the character trying to lean there, is that I, I don't want to be responsible. So she goes and she does, you know, really silly, irresponsible things, only to realize, you know what? I think you put it best. Like, no, I want to be alive. You know, like for the first time since she's been back from the dead, she says, "No, I want to live, and I've got reasons to live, and I've got to move on, and I've got to be better about this." As she's holding the plastic ray gun by the sewer drain
0: yeah well you know i did i I, okay let's just go ahead and talk about it because this is the part that's probably bugs you the most is the the sex with uh spike scene uh (sighs)
1: spike having sex with the air you mean yeah yeah
0: i laughed my ass off during this whole thing i i don't know why but the whole interaction with them and spike wondering what the hell is going on before he finally realizes it. he's just like going with it because she doesn't really reveal who she is until a little bit later to him she starts messing with him right we'll we'll call it messing with him
1: i, I think I, he knows it's her I, I just, uh, yeah.
0: no 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 if you watch the beginning of that he has no clue what's going on he just is okay. like what, what's going on and then all of a sudden he's like oh 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 this is this is okay and it isn't until she kind of speaks to him that she know he knows what he's dealing with right um and i thought it was uh i thought it was funny and and especially when xander comes in that's to me is comic gold (laughs) to see spike humping the dry air like that and then trying to explain it away i thought it was funny as heck and and i really enjoyed the whole scene that he's doing naked push-ups. Yes.
1: I, don't, I don't know. Like the way I've always read this is like your buddy catches you masturbating. Absolutely. And you try to explain, I mean, that's exactly what this looks like, and I'm like. Yeah, that could be really uncomfortable. And exactly. Weird. That's what and, I thought. But it was I don't hilarious. find like I'm not finding that funny. And I think this is difference in taste. You're a much more of a fan of like comedies that do this kind of stuff. I can <laughs> I don't really you know go for that. It's just not something. I not that I you know am offended by it or anything. I just I don't know. Just don't I don't watch that kind of stuff. So it's not something that I found funny. And I think that in my brain too, I can't replace the fact that what I'm watching is. A character I have been wishing was dead for two seasons, screw another character that I'm wondering why she's doing what she's doing. Sure. <laughs> I, mean, I just can't rationalize that all in my head. I'm not, it's much more fun to talk about and funny to talk about with you than it is to actually watch it. Yeah. Like it just seems so badly done. And i tell you too, like the way that the camera works here, and I know this is David Fury, and he's directed some good episodes and stuff, but like it's just Buffy's voice, you know. So the whole bit is that Sarah gets her hair cut off, and we want to make that a big deal on the show again. So we just follow these inanimate objects, and we follow the camera like we're following sound around the room. But it doesn't move like a normal person would move. It's like when Buffy becomes invisible, she now can float too. Sure, like it, it doesn't move like the pace of a human. So I have a hard time with that. Like I didn't, I don't know. I just, and I know there's no way on a TV budget they could have made it look right and done all that stuff. But I just I thought it looked cheap. Honestly,
0: hmm. I, I I don't know. It didn't bug me. I guess I th- I went with it and th- and thought it was. I thought it was funny to watch all this stuff happen. I, I I thought the whole scene at the social worker's place where she's messing with the social worker. I thought it was funny, you know, and well, like we said before, I mean that's something I would probably do if I were invisible and could get away what? with it is mess with a few people
1: well let's talk about what's happening here. I mean we've already like last episode we've already had some big emotional draining moments in the show you know the the singing the musical episode was a big reveal. You know, to everyone. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Tara breaking up with Willow, you know, was a big moment. And then Willow's wreck with uh, uh, Dawn and all those problems. uh, We've had these big moments and stuff. So you feel like this has been ramping me up for the big mid-season, you know, all hell breaks loose moment, right? And instead, they do a comedy episode that just sort of quietly resolves people into realizing, yeah kind of move on. Yeah. Kind of get, got to get my crap together. Like that to me, I think is more over what I'm really starting to reject in this. It's like, this isn't like, I, I've been built up for something. And then it's like you go to a movie and you get to the, I'll give you a great example. The third Die Hard movie, the first two acts of that movie, I am on pins and needles, ready to rock. But the third act of that movie is so disappointing to me. It, I'm feeling like I am with this now. It's just like, God, you built me up. And then this is, this is all it is. It was just, it was really on a kind of letdown. And I think that's what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the next emotional punch to the gut, which the show is so good at delivering. And it's just not here.
0: Two points there. I actually really enjoyed Die Hard 3. And (laughs) the second point is if you look back at past seasons, the halfway point is usually a stupid comedy episode. Triangle in season five. That was a stupid comedy episode. True. So we got gone in season 6, a stupid comedy episode. I mean, but you know, it it's like a it's like an escape in the middle of the season to get you ready for what's coming in the second half because the second half is always more intense than the first half, right? Generally, but like
1: okay. Okay, good you know, you're making an interesting point that I hadn't thought about. Episode 11 of season 2 was Ted. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Okay, so That's, uh, okay, that one's different. But, uh, well, no, no, that one's right along with what you're saying. Gingerbread is episode... 11 of season three. So you're right. They always, you're right. I'm actually misremembering. I think what I'm wanting them to do is to keep the emotional tension up because I feel like we've had a lot of throwaway goofy episodes already. Maybe. So you're not wrong. I'm, I'm actually the one that's wrong thinking that this is when they should do something. It's actually after this, that they start doing everything. But yes, but then comparing this to the other goofy episodes. (laughs) All right. And now, like, we're talking about, okay, in the off art Goofy episodes that we get in the middle here like this for two, three, four, and five before, I still don't think this one... Ranks up there with Ted, or even with you know gingerbread. Oh my gosh! Oh boo. come on, this you is know? so much
0: better than gingerbread. Oh, so and, much I, better. It's
1: just as bad as <laughs> no, gingerbread, no. in my opinion. The, the geeks are just as dumb as Moo. Uh, I mean, I am well, not in in the bed with it to, to you know, carry the, this show's uh, theme along.
0: I, I mean, it, it comes all. down, I think, Jay, to this: is that I have decided to just not care about the geek part of it and enjoy everything that goes on around that and you're hung up on the geeks
1: <laughs> i am i i admit readily right now i'm hung up on these 3 because i just don't care for the characters. I don't see their point. I, I really don't. And I maybe if I could, I would be with it more. But I think everything that like the characters are trying to get to here is worth getting to. Like I actually like the fact that they introduced this social worker bit. They're like there should be some real world consequences for the fact that a twenty year old is mm-hmm. the guardian of a fifteen year old. Like that's not normal and everyone knows that. So okay, what does that look like? I'm okay with that. And even okay with the fact that Buffy would, you know, find fun ways to torture her but i really like the fact that her and Willow, you know willow gets a real neat time here her and xander have a great conversation when xander's confronting her about did you do this to buffy you know don't be mad at me for accusing you but you are the one that you know want to do these kind of things and the way she does this little scooby-doo way to figure it out i mean it's it's silly but it's more like what they used to do back in the old days i guess yeah
0: exactly and it's nice to see them working together to solve a problem again right right that that actually kind of worked out and like i said where they get to
1: is fine it's just the getting there that i'm just not uh, as on board with i think I, uh, that's what i'm not liking you're going with it and that's great i wish i could be there but i think because <laughs> i've seen this show do it better and, I, and i've and i seen these people it's not like this is a new group of writers these are people that have written some really grand episodes i've seen them do it better and i just feel like this just seems so like we we really blew our wad on three episodes this season so far and the rest of this has just been you know going through the motions dare i say
0: Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I just look at it a different way, I guess. And, and like, it's like I said, you know, I, I, I don't care for the trio. I, I never have. I, I don't think I ever will. They're good for a little comic relief here and there, right? But I'm able to take them out and just deal with the fact that they're going to be there and enjoy what happens around the episode. And I really, I I had a good time watching the social worker pieces. I had a good time watching the Spike and Xander confrontation. uh, You know, I I didn't mind that. I had a good time watching Buffy go through this whole phase and then finally realize that she could die and realizing she wants to be there. Because up until this point, she was pissed off that she was pulled out of heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Now she's there and confronted with the fact that she could probably go back to heaven now. And she wants to stay. So uh, that's a pivotal point. You know what I'm hearing here? And this is so funny for me to think about it. I'm,
1: hearing myself playing the role that Nick played in our Alien retrospective series when we got to the Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator Requiem like for just trying to judge those movies for what they were, he was so turned off to the fact that his beloved Alien was in this really schlocky, goofy set of movies that he just could never get on board with it. And while I knew they were schlocky and goofy, I at least for the first one, I kind of liked a lot of it because it was silly fun. You know, like I'm willing to go with it. I, I feel like the shoes of the other foot now, I'm the one that's going no i want it to be this the other thing and it's doing this other thing now it's it's like watching your favorite band play their new music and refuse to play the hits you know you know <laughs> so I mean, am i a fan of theirs or am i just a fan of what you know i like of theirs and it's and it's an interesting point mm-hmm. to what you were saying though uh, there where they get to with everybody is worth watching, and particularly that Buffy moment. I, I do like the fact that she comes out and says she wants to be alive. She wants to live again, not just be here and do things, but actually be active again. And you know, yeah. part of me is like, good. I think I need her to get through this and get to that yeah. next stage now because it's. I mean, uh-huh. no offense. It's. I mean, I know it's a big thing. Yes, but we've dwelt on this now, right? It's time to get to whatever we're going to get to.
0: No, I agree with you. And, and it's, it's been a long time coming. Now we're 11 episodes into this season and Buffy's still struggling with this whole thing. And you were just waiting for her to finally get back to being Buffy, right? Right. Be right. Buffy. That's what we want. Be Buffy. And it, this is a good look at say, maybe we're going to get there now, right? This is hope for you that Buffy is finally going to be herself again so yeah i thought that was a good way to kind of bring this episode into a close is 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 by having her realize that she wants to live she doesn't want to go back to heaven yet she she loved it there but she's with her friends again and she wants to wants to be back
1: well, Brian, I think we're at the point of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts and dusting's ratings, So what are yours for gone?
0: Well, Jay, I, I'm going to make you squeam and, and quiver, but I'm giving this a three dustings. I actually really enjoy this episode. And I, I'm sorry to say it, but I, I'm not sorry to say it. I like this episode. I put aside the, the trio and their stupidity. This is fun, just all out fun. And that's what it was meant to be, I think.
1: You know what you did? You did my summation in the last thoughts you had before we did the dusting trading. Here is you said, I just want Buffy to be Buffy. And damn it, that's what I want too. <laughs> I just want this show to be Buffy again. And I made no bones about the fact that I'm not satisfied with this and I, I don't like it. That said, they do a couple of things that I like here. The way that they show that Willow can exist without magic and can work around it, that gives me hope for that world, that that it could exist. And the way that Buffy decides she wants to live. Yes, I'm down for all that. But the way it gets there and everything else, I just cannot, cannot give it a pass. It's just not something I like. (laughs) I'm going to give it a one dustings, and I stand strong by it. I've always felt like that about this one. Uh, But... You know, when this aired the first time, I do remember, this is when I really got into my routine of like, I'm just going to take the show and I'll just watch it, you know, when I can get around to it later in the week, I'm not going to set aside time to do it, you know, and it wasn't until later in the season when I got back into, you know, constantly, you know, appointment television stuff with it. Um, but I'm, I am intrigued for nothing more than just to see, can can we get back out of this now, where it goes from here. I'm curious to see episode 12. And on and beyond, you know, I'm I'm, Glad that we're getting to this point because I knew at some point we were going to get at this point of this podcast. And I'm proud to say I haven't completely turned on the show yet. Like <laughs> I thought I would ever. Maybe we both feared, but I, I didn't like this episode. But there's enough of a three line here that's carrying me that I, I'm down with it. But I'll, I'll say this now. This feels much more like the adventures of Buffy and Willow than it does Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, there's definitely been a shift in focus well, in the show. Well,
0: and, and I think and, we'll go through phases, right? Yeah, We've got Buffy yeah. and Willow. We're going to get to Xander and Anya. Yeah. And all that. There's lots of storylines. There's lots of storylines
1: dangling. There always are. I t- I do- I tell
0: you, for this, for me, this season, the person who gets lost the most, besides Giles, who's just not there, is right. Dawn, right? I agree. I, she's She's good. And when she's there, and what at what she does, but she kind of gets lost in the shuffle here. And luckily for us, she'll come back a little bit more in season seven. And I want to,
1: I want to attribute that to the fact that there's no Joss Whedon around at all for this. Sure, because when he was around, the one episode he was around for, Dawn had a lot to do with that musical episode and did a lot of things and stuff like that. Like, I think you're right. She does a lot of cool stuff with what she's given, but she's just not a part of anything anymore. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like yeah, they don't really know what to do with her anymore right now, but you know, there's always there's there's eleven more episodes in this season to figure it out, so we'll see if they get there or not. Well, folks, thanks for joining us in this latest episode of The Art of Slang. Of course, you can always find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslang.com, as well as links to our Twitter feed and our Facebook page. And I invite you to join our Facebook page and join Brian in bashing me over the head for the fact that I don't <laughs> like this show right now, that I didn't like this episode. Or hey, if you're on my th- if you're on Team J, I need to know. You know, is anybody else out there with me? Leave us a note on Facebook you like the page we appreciate it hey leave us a review on itunes it helps other people find the show we do this for you guys and for fun and for free and we enjoy it and really have a good time interacting with y'all so please let us know what you think and share your thoughts with us and with each other on our uh, dedicated forum. there until next time for brian i'm jay thanks for listening to the art of
0: The Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.